Welcome to Postscript. Uh, this is a podcast of Compass Point Bible Church here in Burlington, Ontario. My name is Dave Severns. I'm the worship pastor here. And today with me is Pastor Brad Clink. How are you doing, Brad? I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks. Excellent. So, Brad, you preached yesterday. You continued on this series called Around the Table. Tell us a little bit about the passage and what you said. Yeah. So even though it takes place around the table, it's, it's, it's kind of this one-sided rebuke that comes from Jesus to these, to these other people around the table. And so uh, we talked about the three main characters, Jesus, the Pharisees, some teachers of the law. We talked about how these worlds were colliding in the way Jesus saw things versus the way they saw things. And we touched on sort of uh, five different points trying to see what Jesus was saying about these things and then what we could, what we could learn. So uh, we, we saw that the, the Pharisees and the, and the teachers of the law, they were more in, concerned with the outside appearance than the, than the state of their heart. Hmm. We saw that they sometimes got stuck on the, the rituals or the rules instead of what the rituals and rules point to, the bigger things yep. uh, behind them. Uh, we saw that they, they would cast burdens onto others and then and then not even try to carry those burdens themselves. Uh, we saw that they they a- appeared to value God's truth and plan until it became uncomfortable, and then they would just uh, reject it and let it go. And we saw that sometimes these teachers of the law who should have been making things clearer uh, for people were, were making things more confusing. They were mm. setting up obstacles instead of being advocates um, for the, the good news that, uh, that God was revealing. And so we, we sort of looked at that, this interaction around the table, and, mm-hmm. and we pondered some of these thoughts and thought, well, how does this affect us, and what does this mean for us? Awesome. So yeah. super pleasant dinner conversation, I imagine, <laughs> right? Like really easy. Yeah, no, like, I, sounds like dinner at your house? No. Yeah, no, 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 I, no. Don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, that's great. And anything, as you were preparing this, as you were going through this passage, um, anything that you kind of left on the cutting room floor as you were prepping the sermon, any, anything that, that stuck with you that you're like, oh, that's, that's good. I don't, I don't know if it quite ties in. Anything you want to kind of give us a behind-the-scenes peek at? Yeah, when you, when you go through the process of preparing a message, it often starts with your own heart and your own sure. life and your own reflections. And so I, I was, I was uh, you know, deeply troubled by the fact that I, as a pastor, am like the teachers of the law. Mm. I, I am like the modern-day equivalent to them in terms of having responsibility for opening up God's Word and the, the incredible responsibility of that and yeah. the weight of that and and not wanting to to make it harder for people or make it more confusing for people or, mm. or push people away by the, the way that we do that. And so uh, I really... That's what kind of drew me towards uh, presenting the gospel, the good news of Jesus, clearly, because I was kind of compelled to <laughs> to try to make things clearer instead of more confusing coming out of the passage. So that's yeah. that's you know one thing that kind of went on during the process for me. Absolutely, that's great. Now you, when we're kind of working from the end of the sermon, you talked about these lawmakers and the way that they put rules around things and, and kind of you know tried to protect. God gave us this law, so we're going to protect it, and we're going to protect it, and we're going to kind of keep going mm-hmm. out in concentric yeah. circles to, to make it better. Can you just, I, I loved, you read a, a passage about um, the rules that they had for carrying things, because you, you weren't allowed to carry things, right? Right, so carrying things on the Sabbath was work, and so you yeah. couldn't carry things in general. No good. No. Uh, yeah, but these lawmakers, they were so good at coming up with the loopholes and the, the out uh, clauses that they they came up with some, a little exception. I'll read you the exception uh, that, that one commentator quoted, which I thought was quite humorous and, and mm. slightly disturbing. Yep. 
So you can't carry things except he who carries anything on the back of his hand or with his foot or with his mouth or with his elbow or with his ear or with his hair or with his money bag turned upside down or between his money bag and his shirt or in the fold in his shirt or in his shoe or in his sandals, those people are guiltless because they did not carry things in the usual way. I just want to know, how do you carry something in an upside-down money bag? Like That's, <laughs> that's, a, you know? that's an excellent question. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm wondering what the conversation was that went behind putting this thing in the law, right? Like, yeah. who, who wanted to carry something so bad that they had to write a paragraph of ways they could figure out how to do it without breaking their own laws? Yeah, and, uh, and so much of this, to me, so much of this is just... It's human nature in a way, right? Like we're yeah. like, oh, there's a thing we can't do. So what does that actually mean? Let's let's dissect it enough that we can like, on one hand, like stay as far away as we can. And on the other hand, push push as far as we can, right? There's, And we, we have these conversations all the time with people. Um, I, I certainly do, right? You know, does a Christian... Uh, a great one that, that we haven't had publicly here at our church yet, but I know a lot of churches are having and a lot of people are talking about. So it's now legal to smoke pot in Canada. What is a Christian to do, right? Do we, is that, so the Bible says, don't be drunk. Does that mean we shouldn't be high? Like, and it's great, great questions and great discussions. Yeah. And sometimes those questions and discussions are asked from a perspective of like, I want to know. But sometimes it's, I want to stay as far away as I can. Sometimes it's, I want to get as close as I can, <laughs> yeah, right? And yeah, like, yeah. Um, we're not going to talk about that now, but <clears throat> that's, that's so much of what we do as people. Um, so, so what is it that Jesus offers instead? Of, of this like litany of rules and, and regulations and just just take us back there yeah it's a, it's a good question and I you know we, we do have that human nature to uh, you know when we're confronted with things like the Pharisees and teachers of law were confronted with they had a, a choice to either say oh you know Jesus is right I, I get it there is some some things I'm doing wrong and mm-hmm. and and go down a path that was very helpful in terms of repentance and change and, and moving into the, the the flourishing and the fullness that Jesus had for them uh, or to say nope I, that's not truth I'm yeah. I'm rejecting that I'm, I'm leaving that alone and and we have that tendency to want to go that way to say you know um, to not accept truths that are uncomfortable, to not want to talk about things that are hard, to not want to let things, you know, poke us where it, it really, uh, really hurts. And um, yeah, I think we have that natural tendency. And I think, I think what what Jesus offers is is. <clears throat> You know that he truly wants what's best for us. He wants us to flourish. He wants, like John ten ten, he wants us to to live life in abundance. Mm. And if we if we trust that that's what he wants for us, then then you know taking his rebukes or following his commands or 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 uh, making our truth align with the truth in Scripture mm. is is helpful and is what's best for us. Even though it it isn't the way the culture is going, right? It's not yeah. the way that culture would say makes sense. Yeah. You know, as as you were talking about the uh, the Pharisees at the beginning of this passage, you talked about how the they focus so much on the outside being clean, right? They focus on these ritual cleanings, um, and and Jesus was saying the inside is rotten. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm struck by uh, so so years ago, uh, back when I was at a, a church here called Park, uh, we we had a camp up up in Halliburton area, and I was standing outside the cabins at night with a bunch of other counselors. And I heard a sound that I thought was the apocalypse. Um, like it was this crashing and I was like, oh, this is it. Jesus is back. Turns out, no, it was just a, it was just a birch tree 
falling down. Um, and birch trees have this amazing way of the, the bark on them looks really intact and really beautiful. They're beautiful trees, but the insides rot and the insides rot faster than the bark. Hmm. Um, so they look like they're fine and you go up in like a little breeze and it like this tree came right down between two cabins with dozens of sleeping kids. It was miraculous hmm. that no one got hurt. It was really great. But wow. we kind of, we as counselors and the staff were all struck by this like, wow, the inside is rotten and the outside is good. Um, this image that we had. Do you think, like, as I, as I think about that, and I know that's true in my own life, I know I kind of wrestled with this fact that I'm sinful and I desperately need God. Do you think that's accepted as much in culture these days? Like, it, it feels to me like going up to someone who doesn't believe in, in the biblical narrative, doesn't believe in Jesus, and saying, hey, like, fundamentally, let's get the first thing right. You're sinful, I'm sinful. Someone would be like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm good. Like, what, what do we do with that? Yeah, that's a... It's a that's an excellent question. And the yeah, reality is that's where our general culture starts in that there's there's no uh, right or wrong. You can't define for me that I'm what I'm doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if it's right for you. It's right for me. It's not the not the same thing. And so it's, it's tough to it's tough to know where to start in that in that conversation to I, I, I still believe that deep down within all of us, we actually we actually know this truth. Uh, I think yeah. we all know that something's not right. I think yeah. that's why death is so hard to accept. Why, why when we see terrible things happening, we, we respond. Hmm. It's because we know something's broken in our world and not right. But, um, but I think it, it's much easier in some ways to, to, to brush it off and to say, um, your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't tell me I'm doing something wrong. That's your opinion. And it, it does make for a hard place to start from because yeah. the reality is, is is Jesus came to save. And if we don't know we need saving, it's a tough spot to start from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it seems like like you kind of get this on both sides right now. So on, on one camp, there's uh, those of us who who believe this truth and know this truth, but we're, we're kind of hesitant to, to push it on anyone, right? It's kind of, well, you... you your truth can be your truth, and mm-hmm. that's fine. And, and that's, that's probably not what the Bible is calling us to. And yet there's another group of more outspoken Christians who are so focused on the behaviors of groups of people um, that they respond in ways that are uh, unloving and obnoxious mm-hmm. and unkind. And, and yes, what they're doing is they're trying to point out sin, but they're, they're particularly good at you know, pointing out the sin of this group of people instead of saying, like, we're all sinful. Yeah. You know, pull the plank out of my eye before I, you know, like, so... You know, how, how do we how do we live in a world where those people kind of get the media attention and we hear about yeah. them and we're like, oh, that's not me. Like, please let my friends not think that I am part of that group. Uh, and yet at the same time, I mean, I do believe that we're all sinful and I, and I do want I want to invite people into that in a way because I can invite them from that point into meeting Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to humility. How 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 willing to be yourself? How willing to be authentic with other people are you? Because, mm. you know, it's not it's not like um, you know pointing the finger at somebody else's sin is, of course, you know, not not a a, a compassionate or good way to to address anything. But but uh, recognizing sin in your own life and and your own struggles and being authentic and open with those and inviting people into the real struggles and having those real conversations about you know real problems in your marriage and real problems with purity and real yeah. you know uh, I think inviting people into that real struggle that you have can can maybe help them to see that 
you know, maybe maybe there is a struggle that I have that's similar or I can relate. I, I read this story recently about this guy who attended a, 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 a a Christian school uh, somewhere in the in the U.S. and uh, they had very very strict rule rules at mm-hmm. this school. So you you actually had demerit points, and if you weren't walking three feet away from somebody of the opposite sex, or if you if you went if you went certain places to on dates, and if you walked on the grass, and if you whatever you you would actually lose demerit points. And if you got a certain down to a certain number of demerit points, you'd you'd get a warning, and then your pastor of the church you attended would get a warning and warning, and then you'd be kicked out of the school. And I read that, and I said, "Oh my wow. goodness! That, you know, we're we're not as far away from the Pharisees as we as no. we like to think we are." No, we're not. And and I think we've we in some in some cases historically we've 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 erred on on both sides, right? Mm. We've erred on this side of not being compassionate, not not um, communicating truth in a loving and authentic way, and 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 instead we've done it like this with the merit points, mm-hmm. and we've also erred on the other side where we say, you know, okay, well, you know. Come in, and you'll be loved. And we don't want to talk about sin or or mm-hmm. hell or uh, anything that's uncomfortable because you know uh, we're we're afraid. And so I think we we kind of gotta be not not um, yeah not afraid of 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 uh, communicating truth, but at the same time not erring on sort of either end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. It seems almost to me like I mean we look at this passage. Um, and Jesus is speaking truth, and he's speaking it powerfully and and clearly. Uh, and in some ways, we can we need to we need to absolutely hear that truth in our own lives and let it convict us. We need to mm-hmm. put ourselves in the seat of the lawmaker and the, the Pharisees. And at times, I think as Christian leaders, we can also take this model from Jesus and like we you know you and I as leaders of the church. At times, we need to call out behaviors and things and and each other. Um, but the difference is we can't start from the same place Jesus did. Because Jesus started at the sinless place, right? Like, right. And, and continued <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. We almost always have to first, first admit our fault and say, we know we're not perfect. We're not, you know, and yet we still feel like Jesus is calling us to this. We kind of have mm. to, and and not to put the words on to Jesus and and to, but but to not hold the authority ourselves to give it to give it to Him, and to let people wrestle with Jesus's words, not not ours. Jesus's right. condemnation and not ours. Yeah, because um, he yeah. he was sinless, so he's allowed to condemn people, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. also God, he can do yeah. that. Um, but like, yeah, we we can't in the same way. And yeah. I think that's where some Christians get it wrong, right? We think, oh, we've heard enough about Jesus that we we can we can pretty much stand in his place and be the judges of what's right and wrong. Sure, so let's yeah, build these yeah. systems and you know, yeah. demerit points sounds like a great idea. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's partly where the Pharisees got it wrong. They weren't inviting people to uh, you know a, a journey that they were on. Mm-hmm. They were they were pointing at people and saying go that way. Yeah. Right. And not saying that I'm on that journey and I'm I'm trying to go that same way. Let's journey together. And that's mm. you know that's a little bit more of the of the the core authenticity of what it means to be a follower is we're all on the on this journey we we may yeah. have started earlier than others we may be further along than others we but we've all um, we're all on this similar journey i i told a story on sunday about a time when when i was a teenager when uh, myself and my two brothers got rebuked by my mom because mm-hmm. we were lazy and yep. we just didn't do anything around the house we wouldn't do laundry wouldn't participate in chores we left everything to her and finally she come to the end of a rope and and I learned a lot from the way she did that she sat us down you know three of us on the couch in our in our family room I won't forget it and with tears in her eyes and 
a tremor in her voice. She she said, "You guys aren't pulling your weight. You you aren't." Uh, doing what I need you to do in this household for it to be able to function and for me to be healthy here. And I, I so appreciated the way she did that. Um, and and I, we were faced with that challenge. Okay, either she's, um, you know, she's just spewing off, she's just frustrated and, you know, you know bury it again, keep doing what you're doing or, or change. And it, it's hard to be move towards change if if there's not a, a a little bit of humility a little bit of a recognition of your own <laughs> your own stuff a little bit of uh authenticity vulnerability that's that's there to to be able to say you know maybe maybe my mom was right maybe yeah. maybe Jesus is right maybe the pharisees got it wrong yeah. <laughs> you know and uh, one thing i appreciate about jesus is you know they're going around talking behind his back plotting to get him in trouble but he's sitting down with them and talking with them face to face right mm-hmm. he's uh, he's uh, straight up with them and and you know i i love the fact that that's the way that he chooses to communicate with us is straight mm-hmm. up yeah yeah <laughs> you know in our few remaining remaining moments um what do you think? What do you think? Some of the ways are that we, as this church, as North American Christianity, um, I mean, it's probably more helpful even to talk specifically. You know, we programs you and I oversee. Sure. Yeah. What, what are the ways that we can fall into these traps of lawmaking and and trying to make the outside clean but not the inside? And and how do we, um, how do we overcome those? But like like what are what are some of the things that we we see in hindsight could be misinterpreted or people are doing wrong? Hmm. Yeah, it's a great, great question, and I mean, I, I think in a lot of cases we put on our best faces when we come to church. Sure, <laughs> you know, uh, we we wake up, we fight with our kids, we get in the car, we make everybody put on their smiley faces and walk into church, and I don't think that's the the way it's supposed to be. Uh, I think some of us are actually afraid of being authentic, so mm. we we choose not to engage into small groups or into. Uh, service groups or in, in ways where we're going to be known more. Yeah, um, I think Tom, sometimes we do like the Pharisees and we rely on the rituals and the traditions and the rules, and we somehow think that those are the things that are going to, you know, help 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 clean the inside of the bowl. Mm. And and so we we'll do things like um, we'll look back on things like. Um, childhood rituals that we were a part of in the Christian community or we'll participate in in, in Christian events or we'll talk about God lots or we'll talk mm-hmm. about this generic God or we'll um, uh, we'll look back on our family traditions or, or things like that and none of mm-hmm. those things are wrong in and of themselves no, none of those no, no. none of those, oh, those rituals and traditions that point us toward Jesus are good and, and Jesus he instituted baptism he instituted communion yeah. you know he with, gave us some with yeah and 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 but to point us towards something, and when we get stuck on those things, um, mm. we miss what it's pointing to. And I think we can look back and we can say, well, you know, I uh, I said a sinner's prayer when I was, uh, uh, I mean, my story. I said the sinner's prayer when I was five years old, mm. and and I can, um, you know, look back on that and say, that's it. That's when you know, I'm done. But yeah. that's not what we're called to. We're no. we're on this journey. We're called to to grow. And and so I I can't uh, I, I can't. Well, I well, I know that that as much as I could as a as a little kid, I I had authentic faith then. Yeah. Um, I I I, 
I can't just leave things there, and I can't just leave it that that I attend church regularly. That I can't just leave it that I'm a, you know affiliated with this denomination or that denomination. I can't just leave it at at you know I I put my hand up at a VBS when I was uh, when I was a kid. I, mm-hmm. I can't I can't leave it there, and uh, so I need to to wrestle with those things in my own, in my own life. And I think yeah. we collectively as the church need to need to be wrestling with those things and continuing to to um, humble ourselves and look mm-hmm. for those areas where God wants to convict and rebuke and look for changes that can be made. Realizing we're broken people, we'll get it wrong, um, but he calls us to humble ourselves and, and get up. Yeah, I'm struck. You know, we... Um, we see value in occasionally changing things in doing things in new and fresh ways. And we, we do that because we understand that our hearts can get cold and our hearts can kind of harden to, to patterns that we've had. And I, I was just thinking as you were talking, I, I'm thinking about this in terms of relationships, hmm. um, right? Like, so when I'm, when I'm young, if I say, hey, man, you're my best friend. And then we kind of drift apart. And then we don't talk for 10 years, right? Like if I went back to my best friends in elementary school now and I'm like, we're still best friends, right? <laughs> yeah. It'd be like, no, obviously we're not best friends. Like I haven't talked to you in, yeah. in forever. And yet sometimes we do this with our relationship with God or, or you know, like it's same same thing with our with our wives or our spouses, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're like, well, you know, I, I gave you a ring and we, we did the ceremony. <laughs> I remember those good, right? Yeah. Like that's good. We did the things and, you know, I, I, I still come home every day and, uh, you know, no, actually, that's not that's not how to have a thriving marriage. Um, mm-hmm. You need to you need to set apart time. You need to set apart time to communicate and to to be together. And occasionally, you need to do things differently, right? You need to go to a different place for dinner, and and like and and I think there's there's something of that too with our relationship with God. It's not just um, it's not just let's let's find the best system and work that system every time and keep doing the same thing. It's how yeah. how does this relationship thrive? Um, how do I learn new things about you? And, and do you teach me new things about myself when it comes to God, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we saw yeah. in the, the passage we talked about on Sunday, right? The Pharisees had got stuck in their old way of doing things. They're defined. And Jesus was bringing a, bringing a, a new promise, a new covenant, a new kingdom, a new way yeah. of, of being. He, was, he wanted the, that freshness. He wanted that, that relationship. That, uh, he wanted us to, to know him and... and, and uh, and so they, yeah, you know, just like in, in any relationship, you get you get stuck on, you know, you get stuck on the the wedding day and the vows you made and uh, the rules you follow and the way the household works, and you aren't willing to have conversation and mm. be willing to change and stuff. And and not only is it not a healthy relationship, but you're never going to get towards that that flourishing. You're never yeah. going to get towards that that thing you really long for, mm. right? You can, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so good. Well, we are. Out of time, we could keep going for a while, Brad. Uh, always enjoy talking to you. Uh, thank you. Thanks for bringing us this word on Sunday. Uh, thank you for everyone who's listening along, and we will talk to you next week here on Postscript. All right, see you later.